Still not sponsored by Duncan. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Happy morning, Thursday. Not Thursday or morning. It's, it's Friday. Friday. <laughs> we just, uh, you guys just we like somebody, to keep you guessing. Somebody watching is going, what the hell is going on? We don't even know. We just show hey, up sometimes. We're drinking liquor tonight. We got the liquor. Got my... After about 6.7 of those, Nicole will have a buzz. <laughs> no, no, no. There's... <laughs> Little Mark, Mike's Hard Lemonade. I haven't had one of these in a long time, and I saw them in yeah. the store. I'm like, oh, I'm going to give those a try. I like strawberry lemonade. Whatever you're into. Yeah. All right, well, this is the formerly morning show yeah. that happens in the evening sometimes. This is the Wood Whisperer Live Q&A show. Let's call it that. Uh, I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And we're going to answer whatever woodworking questions we can. Some of them mm -hmm. are pre-selected. Some are going to come directly from the chat room. Uh, and folks who we pre-select, that comes from both Patreon and YouTube. Um, both of those have ways mm -hmm. you can support creators uh, with a volunteer subscription and it's usually a few bucks uh, a few bucks a month and it's a great way to support you also get some stuff in return yep. patreon we have some some things we can mm -hmm. give you on youtube there's content uh yeah it's Books, a lot of fun there's signing stuff there's things I mean, we'll send you private messages yep it's I'll send awful. you uh sc scary nude pictures of myself no you no i, I no, will not do that that we will not that's in poor taste He's talking out of i'm butt ashamed tonight. to have even said it yeah I regret it immediately. Hey, I just wanted to say uh, thank you. Somebody wished, hoped I had a nice Mother's Day. Mark uh, wished I had a good Mother's Day. I had a great Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. In fact, Mark got me a really fun gift. <laughs> he got me a seven-minute cameo from Paul Rubens. You may know him as Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. And it was awesome. It's the so, most awkward thing I've I, ever seen. It was I loved it's it. It's great and I awkward. Loved it. I loved Probably it. everything you would expect from that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's quickly thank some people. Oh yeah, we need to thank thank that uh, folks who signed up recently on either Patreon or YouTube. Uh, John Odell, Marco Polo, Marco Polo, uh, Keith Chamberlain, Arnie Herring, Richard T, and uh, Dan Wilson. Dan Wilson. So thank you guys for helping support the show. We absolutely appreciate it uh, and love you long time. As a result. All right, before I get into our, what? <laughs> I, I feel like we're, so I said to the, to the chat, party people, <laughs> like we're referencing a lot of 80s, um, 90s. Our show is nothing but references, constant <laughs> references. Uh, so before we get to questions, anything, anything come oh, up recently um, here? If you missed, I guess, was, was it Friday that we took the mm. site down? <laughs> Was the, oh, Schneckies. Was, was it Friday that we DDoSed ourselves? Yeah, we DDoSed our own site. So uh, the dining room table that Mark built for his mom yeah. came out as a free main site video, kind of give you a taste of it. But it is a guild project. It is, what, five hours of content? Something like that. Something like, like that? like six videos, five hours, I think. The, the, the guild site is back up. It is stable. Turns out... <laughs> Like people, the thing is, I tried like free stuff. This free project was connected to a video release. 
So for a video release, we try to push as many people there as quickly as possible, just because that's what YouTube likes, get a lot of views early on, and it helps the video do better. The problem was this video advertised a free thing available on the guild, mm -hmm. which means a lot of those people who got that notification saw that video and immediately went over to the guild, and then the guild site just buckled. Um, so we, we've, it's fine. It's fine now. <laughs> it's fine. So you can go, and if you haven't picked it up, pick it up now. It's, it's um, some great content. I'm in the process of, oh, that's the only bad thing about this drink. I'm kind You're of burp. I'm going to burpy. Welcome to my world. Um, uh, it will have captions on it within the next few days. Yeah. So, uh, uh, James just asked, how can I help sponsor the show? I'm assuming you're talking about this show. This show. Just could be talking about something else. I don't know. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. Mm -hmm. Or if you're right here on YouTube, it depends on if you're on desktop or on mobile. But if you're on desktop, you should see a little join button under the video uh, and that's their membership feature and you can go check out the details there and there is an after show after this show that mm -hmm. if you join either one of those you'll get the link to the private after show oh it's so good <laughs> it's so good it's just us talking about video games and barbecue and barbecue and, kids. and movies and kids and, and sometimes woodworking sometimes business all right, so Rich Eklund wrote in. He says, I have a tendency to over-tighten my rotor collet to prevent bits from slipping. That tendency has resulted in breaking the little pin to assist with single wrench bit changes on several routers. How tight is tight enough without having to worry about my router bits slipping and damaging my almost finished pieces? All right, so this is, um, this is a tough thing to describe. And I think everybody who has a, a router um, may have a collet that acts a little bit different. Is that the muscle chuck that... Um... Well, the muscle chuck is a product that accomplishes that same thing just a different way oh, okay but he's talking about a traditional gotcha. collet which okay. usually is either a dual wrench or you get a little pin that stops it and you have a single wrench mm. adjustment uh so i see the funny thing is i've worked with people who anytime they have an opportunity to tighten something they crank that thing down like they've got something to prove um and it drives me nuts i can't stand it like if i have to go to my router and undo a collet and i'm like oh my god who did this I just want to hit somebody. Same thing with the table saw. Uh, there are times where I've gone to my table saw and someone else had used it. Not, not John. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even your brother. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up. But they tightened it so much. Actually, you know what? You know who it was? Remember Scott Saganti? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. He tightens things too much. Because <laughs> there were a couple of times where he tightened up my saw and I'm like, dude, this does not need to be this tight. But everybody has a different comfort level. Mm -hmm. So same thing with the router. Um, I usually go to the point where, okay, it's providing resistance and then I just kick it a little more. That's it. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm not muscling it. That's all it should take. If it takes more than that, then I don't know, maybe it's time for a new collet. Maybe the brand router that you have just does, you know, you guys in the chat room, like let's do a little informal survey. Do you have to hammer down on your collets to, to keep them safe? Um, thankfully, I don't. Now, here's the thing. I think the more you do, the more you put that crazy extra pressure on there, probably as time goes on, the more you're going to need to do that, right? So I don't because I never do, if that makes any sense. And I've never had a bit slip uh, as a result. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Michael says, uh, please read my comment because I saw you look back at the check the clock. <laughs> Somebody asked, I think it was Michael. If our clock is um, wrong? No, no, no. They want to know why we're live on Friday. Oh. Um, because I had a PTA meeting last night. <laughs> so normally we are live on Thursday nights, um, but I had a conflict with another meeting. And it was our last PTA meeting of the year, and I couldn't, 
I couldn't bail on it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, oh, James was asking about an official sponsorship. Yes, I, I messaged him and I said he can email You'll me. talk to Nicole. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll send you to someone else. <laughs> Which is what we do now. Hey, uh, Judy just did a nice super chat. Judy, Judy. She just Where's scroll Judy? all the way down. I'm going. There, there it is. Judy. Okay. Oh, she, it's the first one she's been able to attend. Well, in good a to long see you, time. Judy. Nice to see you. Thanks Judy. for taking a break from WoW to hang out with us. We appreciate it. <laughs> I'm so bad. I wish it would. Hey, yeah. Don't overcrank your bits. Good title, Paul. Uh, okay. So, uh, what am I drinking? Well, I just went into the little mini fridge, mm -hmm. which Nicole occasionally keeps stocked with yep. whatever, and I grabbed the first thing I saw, and it is a, uh, a Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Baby. Voodoo Ranger. <laughs> Checking that stick, driving me crazy. All right. Uh, Yoso wrote in, I just got my first planer, a DeWalt 735, and I'm getting some snipe at both the entry and exit. I need to mill some drawer fronts out of cherry, so I'll make a slide to flatten one face and then plane the other side. But the snipe is a problem. Any suggestion on how to solve or at least prevent the snipe issues? Okay, snipe is tricky. I've talked about this many times. It, it, you can chase your tail uh, trying to resolve those issues. Uh, if you just Google ways to prevent snipe, you're going to find some classic solutions, some things I might even forget. Uh, people like to either, you could set your tables, like if you have the ability to adjust your tables, if you adjust your tables so that they're a little bit up, especially on the outfeed side, just up a couple of degrees, that tends to basically by pulling up on the end of the board, it's pushing down on the part that's still under, um, under the uh, blades. So what happens as those feed rollers come through, uh, the first feed roller lets go, and now it's just under the blade. There's only one roller, and the board can kind of tip up, and that's what gives you that snipe action. Uh, so if you can tip them up on the outside, sometimes that can help uh, solve it. I haven't had luck doing that myself. Um, so some people will also lift up on the board. So manually taking their hand and pulling up on the uh, board as it's exiting, um, that can sometimes help too. Of course, calibration is certainly something you could look into. I don't know how much adjustability there is on a 735, but if there is, you know, you might look at feed roller pressure and uh, spacing of the feed rollers with relation to the cutter head, stuff like that. Um, but other things you can do, get some scrap pieces. Send them through with your drawer fronts. A lot of times if you, um, you know, butt them up so that you have maybe a scrap piece in front, then you do your drawers and just kind of keep them, you know, end to end so there's no gaps. That can sometimes help or running longer boards alongside of the boards that you really care about and let them all run through at the same time. That can kind of help equalize uh, the pressure and, and give you decent results. Got a question here from Michael Bashor. Yes. Good evening. You both look very lovely tonight. Well, thank you. My little son today. Mm hmm it was field day at school. <clears throat> for our little son. For our little son. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get a chance to make the blotch prevention video yet? Psst. Or will you just post a recipe <laughs> for it? <laughs> Probably neither <laughs> right now. Yeah, so I can I can say my reasons here. So there's um, a blotch control formula. I think the best stuff on the market is um, by Charles Neal. Uh, Charles passed a couple years ago. His family still makes the product. And I wasn't sure what the status of that was. So here's the thing. Back when Charles first came out with that, he sent me a can. I was like, this stuff is fantastic. And then I smelled it. And I was like, I think um, I think I know what's in here. Think. You I don't think. know. He doesn't don't know, know for sure. I think I know what's in here. So I experimented a little bit. And I got a formula that for me works just as well. 
And I just, I needed blotch control stuff. So I, I was thinking, oh, this will be cool. I'll tell everybody, you know, my homemade solution. Um, and I used it, it worked great, everything was fine. But then as, as I started thinking about it, I'm like, crap, they still sell it, mm-hmm. right? Now, I don't want to be presumptuous and say that mine is as good as, as Charles' stuff is or, or that it even is the same thing. I don't know for sure. It's just like you taste a burger and you go home and say, I'm going to replicate that. Yeah. I'm going to get as Smash close burger. as I can. Uh, and you may not get you know, that in-and-out flavor, mm-hmm. that sweet <laughs> in-and-out flavor, uh, but you get close, right? And that's kind of what this is. So... The reason I hesitate to share, even though I said I was going to, Here's I kind the, of painted myself into a corner But I here. think, I mean, if you did do something and then did what you just, because I just posted the blotch control, because there's some people are going to be like, well, I'll I just, just want to buy it. I just want to buy the blotch control. Yeah. And the other thing is it's, it's not actually that big of a mystery. Right. It's not like we're going to put ketchup in it, you know, or something mysterious. <laughs> there are things in there. The secret sauce. That are. It's Thousand Island. <laughs> yeah. It's tried and true things that have been known to work for blotch in a different combination. Right. And that's all it is. So I'm still trying to think of it. I, I feel bad not following through since I told people yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 But understand that it's coming from a good ethical place, you know, where I don't want to, you know, I don't know their situation. But I, obviously this guy came up with this product. The family is still selling it. They're probably, you know... I don't know if they're depending on the money, but I don't want to take money out of anybody's pocket, right? So I'm just a little bit concerned about it. I think if you email me privately, I'm more than happy to tell you about it. It's just a question of whether I'm going to go on a much larger public venue and start talking about it. Because it will draw people will absolutely draw comparisons sure. between the two products, and then I have to talk about that. Oh, Mateo, stop it. So, uh, okay, so Andy said, I watched your video recently on the use of a smoothing plane versus sanding, and I had a quick question for you on this topic. When using this method, uh, do you do you still mill your parts down to final thickness with a power planer, or do you leave the parts a little bit proud for the material that's removed by the smoothing plane? Uh, also, do you only use this for special projects and special parts? I could see where it could be hard to use a smoothing plane on some finished assemblies uh, or some parts of a project. It looks like most people still hit their projects with 180 or 220 before finishing. Uh, and what was the, what you typically would do? All right, so I almost always sand my projects to some extent. Um, I would say the planing is something that happens on occasion. It could be that it's a special project. It could also be that the parts are small enough. So if I'm doing like a small table leg, maybe I've put a taper in there and I have to clean up the taper. Um, Well, it's nice to be able to use a plane for that. Uh, On your ladder, your quilt Mm -hmm. ladder, that little angle that we had to cut, Mm -hmm. Nicole finished that off with a block plane and it's beautiful and smooth. Um, So a lot of times if it's an easy planing task, if I'm going downhill, if I'm using wood I know that is going to cooperate, then I might use the uh, smoothing plane on it, but it doesn't happen all the time. I do not generally leave a lot of extra thickness because if you're using a smoothing plane properly, you're taking thousandths off with each pass, and it shouldn't take many passes. So um, I don't really account for it very much with thickness. Chances are if you leave extra thickness from the planer, the scale and the adjustable scale that you have there, uh, it's not as fine as, as we'd like it to be. So you're probably making a gross adjustment for what's going to be a fine stock removal at the workbench. So, I mean, if you can keep it just a hair proud and do that, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Super chat from Dave. Dave Yoakum. Okay. I'm going to try not to ban anybody today. Yeah. Just picked up the CMT Chrome saw blades. Jonathan Cat Moses, Katz Moses. Uh, has been endorsing. Any experience with CMT products? Um, what's your blade of choice? Well, look, anything that Jay Katz Moses endorses, I do not endorse. <laughs> That's a joke. Okay. 
you know, I've used a couple of CMT products. I had a CM, uh, CMT blade for my table saw in the past. I've had a couple of CMT mm-hmm. uh, bits over the years. No complaints about them. Um, they've always performed well for me. Uh, what's my saw blade of choice? So I assume we're talking about the table saw. What do I have these days? I always go back to Forest. You know, Forest makes great blades. I've got some of those Lights blades. L-L-E-I-T-Z is the name of that brand. And uh, Tenru makes some great mm-hmm. blades. Heard some good things about Ridge Carbide. Thing is, once you get one of those blades, for the amount of production that I have, the amount of work that comes out of the shop, it takes a long time for me to go through a blade. So it's not like I'm trying a bunch of different blades. Like, it works. I don't feel the need to try anything else. So I don't experiment that much with my blades. Got a nice super chat from Bob. Let's keep scrolling. Hold on. Okay, Bob Brewer Hobbies. As a lifelong educator, we sincerely appreciate moms like you. Thanks very much. Well, look at you. Thanks, Bob. I I appreciate you and all the educators. She's a big supporter of them teaches. They they, uh, had a rough year this year. Okay, uh, quick question related to the router. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deuce Rider says, I heard once that you should keep your router bits about an eighth of an inch from bottoming out in the collet. Fact. And if so, how do you keep the bit from dropping before you tighten? Okay. Yes, it's true. You do not want to bottom out your bits. A lot of times if you do that, uh, you have issues potentially hitting the bottom of the collet. But a lot of times what happens is with the bits, when it gets up to the cutter head, it starts to flare out a little bit. So if you tighten up on a curved flared out section during use with vibration, chances are that's going to work its way out. So that's one of the big reasons why you always drop the bit down and then pull it back up an eighth of an inch, quarter inch, just depending on the size of the bit. Um, You kind of get a feel for it. Just don't put it in the bottom and just make sure that the collet isn't pinching up near the top. Now, some some blades or, or bits will actually have on the shaft, they will have a little mark that shows you the ideal location. If it doesn't have that, just use those guidelines. Um, yeah, so how do you get keep the bit from going too, fur, too far? I almost said too fur. Too fart? What? <laughs> too fart. Um, <laughs> how do you keep it from dropping down? Well, typically most collets have a hand-tightening position, at least the ones that I have. Yours may be different. Um, there's a hand-tightened position that will snug it up enough that it's not just freely moving up and down. So that's all I do is I, I put it in where I need it to go. I hand-tighten it. And that's going to hold it in place, and then I get the tools to finish up, um, finish up the tightening. Got a question here from Mark Wida. He said it's a silent E. Okay. Uh, I love the advanced woodworking you do, which is still beyond my skills. I was wondering if you are still thinking about doing more beginner to intermediate builds. Yep. Yep, we Definitely. are. Definitely. The ones featuring Nicole, ideally. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, we do... i got to figure out what I want to build next. I do like to think that we, we hit mostly like middle of the road, edging into advanced, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of the things we do. But we have always, at some point throughout the year, do something back for beginners, mm-hmm. right? We always dial back. We always try to remember that new people are coming in all the time. Um, so we try not to forget that beginners are there. And that's just the constant. This thing that we're doing with Nicole, that whole beginner series, is a whole different type of effort because it's not just beginner topics. It's we're using all different tools. It's we're a whole different thing. Different tools, and I ask a lot of questions. Because <laughs> when, when you teach beginner <laughs> topics and you roll out with a Powermatic and they see a CNC in the background and like people will shut off their brains. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they realize, yeah, another table saw could do that same thing, another router brand could do that same thing. People just don't like, I say people, and I'm being very generic generic and 
sort of stereotypy with this. People generally do not like to see brands that are outside of their budget. Right. They want to see brands that are familiar where they're and starting. accessible. Well, and I, and I think when you have that beginner mindset too, I know when I, when I first start learning, it's overwhelming how much you're learning. Mm -hmm. So to not have to think about what I need, um, that's why I bought the sewing machine I bought because the person that taught me had that sewing machine and I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> Yeah. That's like, I don't want to cut. I want it to cut for me. Like, it's just one of those things that you don't want to have to think about. Sure. And, and you try to replicate it as much as possible. Yep. So I get it. I totally get it. Christian Ramirez says, Shh, I'm trying to prepare my taxes. <laughs> well, look, Christian, if you waited this long, <laughs> there's no hope for you, my man. <laughs> this isn't going to change the result. I can tell you that much. Uh, okay. What else we got? Got more questions. Patrick. Patrick. Nope. Let's go to Kim Erickson's Kim. question. Oh, she's in the chat too. Okay. And with Ness. Kim, do you know Ness? Both you guys are on the same continent. You should totally be friends. <laughs> Kim says, dust extraction question. Um, what would be your main... You said Ness and I'm thinking about damn Tim Tams right now. <laughs> Sorry. And now I wasn't going to have a dessert tonight and now I'm going to have to. Thanks. Dust extraction question. What would be your main requirements when looking at dust collection systems? I am just a one, one girl in a shed. Getting confused by the options. Currently, I just have a shop vac. Well, here's the good news, Kim. If you're one girl in a shed, you don't have that far to go, right? So you can get one of the smaller couple horsepower roll around units with the double bags and just get a hose with quick connects and you can attach it to whatever tools you need to run. So I don't think you need to get too fancy with your dust collection system. Now, what I look for in a dust collection system is a different question um, because I've got a lot of tools over a pretty, I mean, most people would say it's a pretty good size shop. So I have a lot of linear footage of piping that has to go in. I'm in Denver, which means at elevation, it's harder to actually get the suction that I need compared to like what, what I had in Arizona. Um, so my needs are a little bit different. But in your case, I think a good solid roll around unit, look at the bags, see if you could find, if it doesn't come with a really good, excuse me, God. <laughs> if it doesn't come with a really good bag, um, I can't remember what the micron ratings are. Chat room can help me out with this, like half a micron or something like that. If it just has a crappy bag on it, then it actually becomes a little bit of a, li a liability because um, that dust gets in there and as you work with the thing and it blows up every time, it's going to spew out dust. So you want to make sure if you're going with one of those bag systems, make sure you get an upgraded bag or hopefully it comes with a good bag that filters down to the smallest stuff. Um, and I think that's going to do you pretty nicely. I don't know that you need to get too nuts beyond that. Mm -hmm. Got a super chat from OJ. OJ? Right there. This one? Yes. Oh, Don't ban him. I almost hit the ban. Don't ban him. Almost hit it. <laughs> Still on the fence about it, but thanks for the show, I guess. A few more decades, and I think we'll know for sure. Keep going. Until then, for sure. <laughs> Thank you for the super uh, chat, OJ. <laughs> hey, guess who's in the chat room? He's a dork. Guess who's in the chat room? Uh, OJ? Nope. Tommaso? Yes, all of them. But okay. More. Uh, Kim? Nope. Ness? Yes, they're all there. <laughs> Then what am I tell me? Jim! Our neighbor Jim! Jim? Yes! Jim, we were just talking about you. Uh, we were at dinner because I saw your post about Lowe's. Yeah. And Lowe's lifting their mask requirement. At least that one. But that Home Depot didn't. So now Jim's only shopping at Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, I okay. He said, uh, does woodworking give you gray hair? I said, no, kids do. 
Kids. It's the kids. Kids every damn time. <laughs> Patrick says, what's the best for alignment in a wide panel glue up? Dowels or biscuits for a desktop? Or should I use plywood? Okay. The ending of that question, I'm not really sure where you're going with that. Let's just take the first part. Um, you can use either or, dowels or biscuits. I think biscuits will be faster. Uh, dowels, that just feels, I mean, you can do it. You can totally do it. But it feels cumbersome uh, to have to put a dowel jig on there to drill the hole. And it just seems like more work than just the point and shoot that you get with a biscuit joiner. Um, so I would favor the biscuit joiner for something like that. And then when you say, or should I use plywood? Are you saying like you, like a plywood spline for the panel alignment? Or are you talking about using plywood just for a, a different option for your top? I mean, if you want to use plywood for the top, you can. It just depends on what your goals are. Um, so it's hard for me to answer that for you. I kind of like that we're on Friday night. I'm seeing people in the chat that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, Ian. Well, you know what? We can we can do Friday nights yeah. if we wanted to. It's just, you know, once we life gets back to normal and yeah. we want to go clubbing on Friday nights. <laughs> never going to happen. How are we supposed to go clubbing, Nicole? I I, we're not. Well, then again, the real parties don't start till 11, so... <laughs> And by real party, I mean Star Trek. me watching Star Trek on the couch. <laughs> That's the real party. So Ian, the barefoot woodworker, is in the chat. I haven't seen Ian in a long time. Ooh, the who? Uh, morning from Oz. Okay. You see it? Scroll no. A little bit. Right there. Okay. The big eye. Got it. The pink eye. Is that the pink eye? <laughs> it just says pink eye. That's how you get pink eye. <laughs> uh, what's the question? I'm uh, in a complete motivation, motivation rut. rut. I've got a huge list of projects to do. I just can't get motivated to get to them. Any advice? This comes up every once in a while. I think it might be seasonal too. I think so. Yeah. Well, this is this can be a tough season. Um, although, if if it's Oz, isn't there a season reversed? Yeah, they're because I think for us here they're going as, into winter. Okay, so as it gets to be summer, yeah. a lot of times woodworkers have trouble getting in the shop. There's just other things to yeah. do. Um, a wintertime slump, moving into winter. You know, this is, uh, we go back to this all the time. You know, find something that's fun. Maybe take a break from that project list and do a fun project for the shop. Just for you. You know, just for you. Something just for fun. Maybe go in and clean up, tune up some tools. You don't have to force yourself to build. You can, you can always take a break. Um, also, if you are just doing this as a hobby, if you don't have a reason that you absolutely have to be in the shop, then maybe take a couple weeks off. If you're not feeling it, uh, I don't see any reason to force yourself to, to go out there. Just go read some inspirational woodworking stuff. Maybe, you know, take a pad and uh, pencil and draw some things. You know, get some ideas out of your head onto paper. Try to find inspiration. Go back to sources that inspire you. And before you know it, you're going to be like, man, I want to get back in there and build something. Um, there's other things we could talk about, but yeah. that's, that's my best advice. Little bits. Right now after half a beer. <laughs> Um, okay. Do you have more Patreon? Because I have, I'm, I'm pulling questions from yeah, the chat. I think, ba, 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 Tony Tang. Tony. So my planer is weird. When I feed a wider board, it consistently, this is a planer snipe night, uh. apparently. It consistently has snipe at the left side and only the left side. But if I send a narrower board through the left side, there's no issue at all. I'm very confused. Any idea what's going on? It's a DeWalt 755X benchtop planer. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a wide Have board you... snipes on the left, but a narrow board sent on the left side does not snipe. I don't know. Is it? 
I don't know. I mean, if it's a, it's one of the bench type, it's a movable one. Yeah, I mean, one. but I don't know how, again, I said this about the other DeWalt. I don't know how adjustable it is. Can it be calibrated? Um, I know when I start getting weird results for my planer, it's time to just suck it up, bend over, pull out the lube, and lubricate the, the planer. That's where I was going with that. You know, do, do, you got to do the calibration. So I'm just not sure if the DeWalt's are able to be calibrated in that manner, but that's where I would go with this. Uh, I don't immediately have a, a, a solution for you, Tony, because I don't really know how or why that would happen. One, I mean, does DeWalt have pretty good customer service that he could call and say, what's going on? Yo, what's up? Help me out. Yo, this is Tony T. Hook I don't, me up. I, I don't know. I know yeah. nothing about DeWalt. Uh. Other than they're yellow. There's okay. a super chat that just came in from yep. Dan. Dan, hey, thanks for the super chat, Dan. Dan and Canardia. Hey, guys, first of all, thank you very much for the support. Rather, I build. Okay, it was oh, an Rubo. intense few weeks, and I couldn't be happier with how it turned out. Great series. Well, thank Dan, you, did Dan. You just, did you just post it in the Gill group? I think I just saw mm -hmm. a really nice one. Yeah, Can't that Rubo series is uh, one of our best sellers mm -hmm. in the Gill. People, people dig it. Looks like Dan's playing some baseball there. You know, I hit a ball. Yesterday, I hit four balls yep. with a tiny T-ball -ball bat. bat. And my God, did that every hit sent a shockwave <laughs> through my hands, through my arms, and right into my soul. Yep. And boy, did it hurt. <laughs> I got a question here from Andrew Fisher. Pfizer, sorry. I'm sure you probably get that a lot. Uh, good, good evening, guys. Happy Friday. I'm hoping you can help my selecting, uh, help select my first hand plane for shooting boards and finesse work. There are too many kinds, high, low, standard, block, etc. Low angle jack plane, next. <laughs> I, I was gonna say that. Good job. <laughs> I, I would say low angle jack plane. Jack planes are, you know, given any, that name any for particular, a reason. Any particular brand? Which well, one do you have? You have the Veritas, right? The only ones I had personal experience with are Lee Nielsen and Veritas. Yeah. Both are fantastic. There are other ones out there though. Yeah. Um, like Woodcraft has their own. Uh, planes, Rockler has theirs. You know, I don't know what your budget is, but I think a low angle jack is probably a good a good plane for something like a shooting board. So, focus in on that mm -hmm. and then expand. There you go. Aaron Pena says, "I was watching the miter station project, specifically the drawer slides lesson, and saw that you used a series of spacers to align the drawer slides on the inside of the cabinet carcasses. I believe you started with four and a half inch spacer at the bottom." and then a series of six inch spacers. How did you come up with those numbers? I know you like to put the drawer side of the slide at the bottom of the drawer. Um, how does this affect your numbers? Okay, so it's hard to really break this down. Um, generally, it's like there's restrictions that are built in, so I find what those limiting restrictions are, start there, uh, but also consider how many drawers I want in that space. Do I want wider ones at the bottom or are we just doing evenly divisible drawers? Because the way I look at it, the way I design a bank of drawers is it's almost like two designs. I have my drawer fronts, right? So I'll design all my drawer fronts and I know exactly what I want those spacings to be. Um, and that's kind of done in isolation because I go from that and then design my boxes. Now behind the drawer fronts, your boxes, they could be different dimensions and still have the same drawer front dimensions, right? Like you can't, there's room to move them up or down. So I have my drawer fronts, then I go in and look at where the boxes need to go. I like to put my drawer slides on the bottom of a drawer because it's much easier to say, where's the drawer bottom, right? If I know where the drawer bottom is, then I know that's where I'm mounting my slide to. So when I'm doing a set like the, the uh, miter station, it has a toe kick at the bottom. 
So what I wanted was my drawer to sit about, I can't remember exactly what it is, like a quarter inch above the platform of that toe kick. So the first shim has to be from the floor up past the toe kick plus a quarter inch. And that's how I got my first number. And then each other, the rest of the numbers just come down to how big are my drawers? How much space do I want between my drawers? And then that's where each one of the slides will go. And then I have to make sure I get my drawer fronts to play well with that spacing as well. So it's a little bit of back and forth. I gotta say it's one of the, it is one of the more challenging things to do because I guess if you build cabinets for a living, you know, you do kitchens, a lot of this is standardized. But when I do a cabinet, I'm like, ah, oh, let's make it about this tall. Let's make it about this wide. And now, uh, you know, you have to be able to design within weird numbers and things like that. So it, it is challenging. Got a question here from Paul Bolton. Okay. I glued up two maple boards with purple heart in between. Mm-hmm. All were passed through a jointer first, 24 inches long, three and a quarter inches thick. The final glue up actually cupped. Why? Because wood sucks. <laughs> when we, you know, you got to look at what wood is. It's a natural product. There can be inconsistencies. We're not talking about plastic or metal. Um, this is a natural thing. So it has moisture in it. It can have hidden pressure built up inside of it that gets released when we start to cut it. Have you ever taken a perfectly straight board, ripped it at the table saw, and saw those two pieces come together or flare apart? It's just releasing pressure inside the wood. So uh, this can definitely happen. Um, there's not only those pressures, but there's also moisture issues. So if the boards were maybe a little bit, maybe they weren't totally acclimated, there's a little moisture in there. As you plane them down, you're getting closer and closer to the middle, and the middle is the gooey, moist center. So the closer you get to that, the, the more moisture you're releasing. And if it does it in some uneven fashion, maybe it loses more moisture from one side than the other. Maybe you plane more on one side than the other. Um, as it continues to acclimate, you could then have it warp. Now, even if you do everything perfectly, even if you have good acclimated material, uh, you're careful to plane the same amount of material off of both faces. You do your glue up. Jeez, we shouldn't drink during the show. Mm. Do I don't know how the Cremonas do it. Uh, maybe because it's wine? Uh, We're drinking carbonated stuff. That's true. I think they drink wine. Yeah. Which might not make you as burpy. <laughs> but it might make my face turn red. Remember when that happened? Yeah. I drank wine one time and I got like a welt under my yeah. eye. I was like, well, let's not drink that wine again. Um, so... What were you talking about? What was I talking about? No, no. Oh, the cupping. Okay. The moisture. <laughs> Doing a show here, Nicole. God. Is it possible that the glue, if you use not enough glue or the wrong kind of glue? Yeah, not really. Okay. I mean, glue can introduce moisture. There might mm. be some issues with that. But the whole point is, even if you do everything right by the book, wood can be a jerk sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, and things happen, and mm -hmm. there's, it's, it's really hard to understand exactly why it happens. So there you go. Tommaso said, time for shots. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Okay. Black goat woodworking. Still loving the Veritas PMV 11 chisels. I saw them make a cameo in your recent hinge stories. I am liking them, but I'll tell you, you know what I don't like about them? I don't like the handle. I don't like the handle. And the part of the problem is the chisels I had before this, I didn't like the steel on them, which is why but I sent like them the back, but I like the handle. <laughs> uh, the blue spruce chisels are that um, resin impregnated wood. Mm -hmm. So they're really heft. dense, really hefty. They gave a nice balance to the chisel. 
The Veritas PMV11 chisels feel like there's a paperweight. It feels like the handles are made of like balsa wood or something. Hmm. They're not. I think they're not balsa wood. I think they're walnuts. I think no, they're torrified maple. If I'm not mistaken, hmm. somebody correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, so they're nice, they're okay, but they just don't feel as hefty in hand, and that's the only thing I don't like about them. Quite honestly, if I can get someone like a real good turner who can knock out some like really badass handles, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I would love to replace those handles someday. Uh, I got a question here from Big Willie. Big Willie. Uh, the Wood Whisperers, not. He said, not if, what? something about the podcast app Okay. Um, is not if it, it's, I'm just trying to read what he wrote. Words it, are hard. <laughs> but it says the last episode was removed. Is it just me or has it, Big Willie, we need to work on well, what you're Big writing. Because I'm trying to read it. But I, I don't know what show he's talking about. Yeah. Is it the morning show? Is he talking about the Wood Whisperer? He's talking about listening, so it's got to be audio. It, yeah, it's, it's not either, Wood Talk. It's either it's Wood Talk or it's this show in okay. audio format. It was only 15 minutes in, and then <sighs> went back to listen. It wouldn't let me. I don't Weird. know, man. We'll take a look at it. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. It's in the it, I didn't. I didn't think there were any problems with this last show, but maybe. Uh, there's a reminder. Anyone who is interested in, maybe you can't catch this show, or you only caught part of it. and you wanna, Or you're, you have a commute. Or you, Yeah, something. <laughs> If you want audio format, there is a podcast of this show. We just take the audio and throw it into an audio feed. <laughs> what do we call it? What? Do you, is it still called the Woodworking Morning Show in iTunes? Oh, of course. We okay. haven't changed any of that. We haven't changed any of yeah. that. Oh, he said it's Wood Talk. But Willie said it was Wood Talk. Uh, well, I haven't. Look, if, if, the, if Wood Talk is messed up, those people are not shy about letting me know. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If you have to, kill the podcast subscription, resubscribe, and see if you could find it that way. Let me know if, it's, oh, if it said, continues Wood to Talk be a problem. Oh, he said Wood Talk was removed. From iTunes? Did, we, did you mess something up and not... Because I know they were changing some stuff. I don't know. Don't do that live. We'll check it out. <laughs> Wood Talk was removed. What? No, I mean, I see right here. I just yeah, opened up right my there. app. Wood Talk. Out. Fueled by Hoochie, the latest episode. <laughs> Fueled by Hoochie. What was the episode before that? I Mark's Little Balls? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting removed from iTunes is a big deal. Yeah, um, it shows up. Because iTunes feeds a lot of other apps and things. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing us in the store. Uh, just, you know, a reminder, there are 1,400 ratings with an average rating of five. So yeah, there you go. We're doing okay on iTunes. <laughs> I haven't looked at it in a long time. Uh, Big Willie, we're still there. So He said it was the last episode. Um, okay. Again, try unsubscribing, resubscribing. Brian Thorpe says, when they talk about clear vertical grain, red fur, is that just quarter sawn fur? To my knowledge, Brian, yes, that's what they're talking about is that vertical grain. So it's either going to be, you know, rift to quarter sawn, something where the grain is going up and down. So yeah, to my knowledge, it's just another word for what we would call quarter sawn. Uh, Steven, okay. it's okay. Um, we normally, we moved the show to Thursday night and I had a meeting and that's why we're here Friday night. It's, we're unpredictable. But I, uh, iTunes, Facebook. YouTube. No, YouTube should have let you know if you have the notifications set up. Well, if there's one thing YouTube loves, it's inconsistency. <laughs> that's one thing I've learned over the years. The funny thing is we have 
somewhat, I guess we could say, have succeeded to some degree yeah. on YouTube. Despite, in, spite, in spite of everything. In spite of never having a schedule, <laughs> never being consistent, somehow we're still here. Yep. We could be doing a lot better, sure. but we're doing okay. <laughs> uh, Dan Wilson had a question about Jory's Bosley stool. Is sure. That, is that what it's called? Bosley? 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 Bosley. 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 Sounds right. Um, sounds like a butler. Uh, be, being a guild project... It was talked about a year ago. Is it still going to happen? I thought. No. Um, the I can't remember what it is. It's like we talk about this every week. It's yeah. that little entertainment center type oh, thing. Oh, it's the entertainment center. And the stool was considered, but the problem is we, we probably aren't going to be able to fit so it I, in. So I told Dan, yes, <laughs> and Mark would tell you more. I'm glad we did because I thought he was. Yeah, in order to fit that in... It would pressure Todd uh, too much on gotcha, the road, so gotcha. we're, we're not doing that. We're just gotcha. let's focus on one thing at a time. Sounds so good. No, unfortunately. But we are record. We are filming a project with him soon. Yes, and also Philip Morley's stool is mm-hmm. coming up soon. Our stools. And that thing is gorgeous if you haven't yep. seen it. So if you had your heart set on the style, Jory's style, then it's not going to do much for you. Um, but Philip's is a fantastic stool as well. Got a super chat from Beaglewood. Beaglewood! I had a beagle growing up. Oh, God, really? His name was Bo. Aren't they the worst? I love them. They seem like, uh, they seem fun. I want to play with their ears. And it was the kind of situation where, we don't know where he went, honey. Don't they have that bark that's like, (laughs) Yes. You're right? Yes, yes. (laughs) I had a neighbor that had a couple beagles. And this is like Trenton, inner city. So everybody's like living room windows are right on the sidewalk. And you'd walk by. And they were two dogs, and they would just be like, Ooh! <laughs> every time you walk by. It's like, easy, Roscoe. Okay, sorry, we're probably making fun of somebody's dog here. I love beagles. Tell me if I, I don't if think my, I would ever have one, though. Tell me if my beagle impression is correct <laughs> or not. <laughs> okay, when do you know you need a tight joint or leave room for expansion? Is there a rule of thumb? Uh, I almost never leave room for expansion in normal joinery. If we're talking like mortise and tenon joints or rabbit joints or dados, I don't leave any expansion. Uh, typically, if expansion becomes a concern, then a lot of times it's, it's time to break that tenon up into multiple tenons instead of one big you know, monolithic tenon. Uh, the only place I leave room is not for expansion. It's usually just for glue. So I might make the mortise a 16th to a eighth of an inch deeper and that way glue can collect in that space what are you laughing at <laughs> everybody's saying that you sounded like the beagle <laughs> mark nails the beagle impression oh god <laughs> al wants to know he says mark how'd that go again <laughs> don't do it no don't no you're gonna i'm gonna cry don't <laughs> beaglewood says it is slightly off all right look right. spur of the moment I'll practice a little more. We'll get it down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, my Kim God. Kim said her dog was interesting. Oh, my God. The dog's like, is that a beagle? Is there a beagle? <laughs> okay. Roscoe. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Jamie. Uh, let me get the tears out of my eyes and so I can read. <sighs> Jamie Hoy. Yeah. What would make router bits get stuck in a quarter-inch collet? I've tried everything like blowing it out even a little 
uh, even a little drop of three-in-one oil. Yeah. It's every bit. I'm out of ideas. Well, Michael Whittingham does say, spot on with the beagle, Mark, as a veterinarian with 31 years. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't encourage him. <laughs> Uh, you know, a stuck collet is tricky. I had that happen on our CNC, and um, I think over time it kind of let go a little bit. But see, I get nervous about that. Like you talk about three in one oil, I get nervous about lubricants and things that reduce the friction mm. being something that ultimately makes it a little less safe to have the bit in there. So I don't have a great answer. This is a good question for the chat room. You guys have any solutions? for a stuck collet. And what he's talking about is basically as you try to loosen it, you get the, the little nut that tightens things down. You can get that off, but you actually can't get the bit out of the collet because it's wedged up in there too tight. So how do, what do you do to reduce that friction enough that it comes out easily? I don't have a great solution for that. What was, it, what was the, <clears throat> the bar in uh, Three's Company called? Oh, um... Oh, shoot. I don't remember. The Regal the Beagle. The Regal Beagle. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tom, so that was before my time, Nicole. That was your generation's thing. I'm one year older than you. Come on, knock on our door. <laughs> we'll be waiting for you. Tom Weatherhead will resawing some bird's eye maple to three-eighths thickness. Oh, he, uh, I don't know. What I'm okay. Okay. Uh, will I have any problems putting it through a planer to clean it up, or should I put it through my drum sander? Concerned about tear-out. You answered your own question there, man. Drum sander. Uh, bird's eye, any heavily figured woods like that, if you are concerned about your, your planer tearing it out, don't. That's one of the reasons why I got a drum sander, was using figured woods. And even with, like, helical heads and the best stuff and doing everything you can, sometimes you still get that tear-out. Um, and that is disappointing on a really valuable piece of figured maple or bird's eye maple. Um, 100%, just go right to the drum sander. Get it as close as you can. If you have a lot to remove, go ahead and use the planer, but do that understanding that you're probably going to get tear out. That tear out could be as deep as like a good 16th plus, and you're going to have to sand through that to get it down to nice. Are you done with wood. questions? Oh, I'm done, yeah. Did you get the questions from YouTube? I did. You got... Um... There was one. No, there were two. No, the other one wasn't a question. Cave troll? Uh, and that was, was that a question? It was just it says, a comment. Okay. Thanks, Cave Troll. Boop. <laughs> I've seen you in a while. Uh, you got Rich's question, though. Um, about, yeah, that's the one yep. about the slipping. And we're, slip uh, time is up, so maybe All grab right. one more question. Got another one here from Barrio Woodworks. Looking at getting a set of Wera, 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 Wera screwdrivers. Okay. Are you familiar with the company? Nope. Nope. Why? Sorry. Are they really nice? Are they like super high end or what? We're uh, We're uh, screwdrivers. Screw drivers. They're green. They're oh, I've Amazon. seen those before. Yeah. And what was the question? Do I have any experience no. with them? Yeah. Do you mm, have any? I don't. You know what? Screwdrivers are funny. Just in general, it's like the average woodworker can probably just get away with a simple multi screwdriver, mm -hmm. right? With like different bits in it. We don't that, need that anything fancy. That one that has like the pull out mm -hmm. bit thing. Yeah, the one I have in the house, <laughs> yes. right? Um, but that said, I still, I didn't buy them. Um, they were gracious enough to send me. Um, Elkhead Tools makes probably the most expensive screwdrivers you've ever seen, at least the most expensive I've ever seen. And talk about a beefy handle. Oh boy, I don't know if it's, I'm looking at them. I don't know if it's Coca-Bolo. 
excuse me. Those right up there? Yeah, Babinga. Yeah, nice. But oh my God, they're gorgeous. Super heavy. I like the whole set, but every time I look at them, I'm like, ah, I can't do it. So I don't know. I, all this to say, I've never used a Weira tool screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we good, Nicole? Got a few people in the uh, chat that are saying that it, Weira. Weira, great tools. Great tools. Is the best. Well, I got to say, we're about done. Vera, oh, Mark, thank you. Weira is pounce Vera. Well, then it just ruined my joke. <laughs> Because I said, we're about done. We're about done. <laughs> we're about done. <laughs> we're about to done. Okay, anything else? Uh, no, we're going to head on over to the after show. Um, you can, if you are, if you're joined as a YouTube member on this channel, um, you can go to our main channel page at uh, youtube.com slash the wood And there is a tab called community. And it's the first post, and you just need to click on the link. If you're a Patreon subscriber, Mm -hmm. I will put the link in the chat. Okay. And that way, you can easily get to it that way. All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for us. Uh, Remember, at the Guild, woodwhisperguild.com, that free project, beautiful table that I built for my mom, the whole thing sitting there waiting for you. Is there any funny Dougie references or anything in there? In that video? Yeah, yeah. Not a one. Not a one. Not a single one. It's actually kind of cool. What we couldn't do in the YouTube version was show all the detail where John and I kind of went head to head making two different leg templates Mm -hmm. and then made prototypes and then compared them. And I quickly told him mine was better. Right? It's actually, it's funny how it panned out, yeah. but it was really cool to have two different perspectives on the scale and the, the type of curve that we use. And we had a little discussion about it. So there's there's a lot of value in there. Um, and it's totally free at the I, Guild. Beaglewood said that we met at Nerdtacular 2013. Um, that was a while ago. You weren't there. I don't think I was no, there. No, he didn't go. Um, we had... So Mateo would have... go to the first one. I don't want to hang out with all these nerds. Or maybe he nerds. was there. Maybe you were there. Maybe we looked at it as a way to have a break. We might have. That might be the one that I got really sick at. I don't remember. I went to one before Mateo well, went with us. Uh, uh, so it might be yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. We don't it's know. It's so long ago. Look at us. It doesn't feel we're, like it was long ago. We're but tired. <laughs> we're just... We don't remember anything. <laughs> okay. This is true. Anything else? But thanks for hanging out with us, Beagle. Yeah, thanks, man. <gasps> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys have a wonderful weekend, yes. and uh, we will see you next week. Uh, no, we'll see you in the after show for some of you. Well, some of you in the after show. The rest <laughs> of you will see you next week. Bye. Okay, bye.